Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal, and this is a show about quantumental investing. Unfortunately, people are working on my roof right now, so you're going to hear some banging. I hope you can hear me. This might be futile, this whole opportunity, but we'll see what happens. Quantumental investing, guys, is the combination of quantitative execution, computer learning, and AI, and fundamental research to create an information edge. The way you outperform in the stock market is gathering actionable information before the guy next to you. And that's what quantum mental investing is all about. So I'm sharing with you information off my own trading desk, all this information I use in my own portfolio and for individuals I, I manage money for through our interactive brokers affiliation. Um, it's a live trading desk. It's a live look-in. So I got screens all around. The phone might ring. Someone might bang a hammer on my roof. Forgive me. It's just the way it is today. Um, what we're going to get to today are three topics. It's the week in review. So we're going to go over the seven indexes that we follow. These are all ETFs. We have uh, quantitative execution strategies. Again, that's computer learning. That's AI to help us know when to add risk and take risk off. Those of you who follow the show know we've been risk off for a while now. So we're going to go over what those seven indexes say about, you know, next week and the weeks after. Then I'm going to talk to you about three stocks, or say ETFs, that have been predicting this sell-off and helping us manage our risk and be, and be defensive. So I always follow these seven indexes I'll go over with you again. But there's three new ones. I'm going to share the charts with you because they've been clearly predicting this market sell-off. So let's see what they're saying about the future. Then we'll hop over to the cannabis couch, my favorite investment theme, perhaps yours. I call it the couch, obvious reasons, right? It's recreational. But at the same time, the way these stocks are trading, it's like you need a psychiatrist. So let's sit down together and talk. There's a lot of negative short-term news. But under the surface, there have been some great news stories that are coming out no one's talking about that's going to continue to drive this investment theme forward. Long-term, the theme is intact. Short-term, perfect storm of terrible news. And I'm going to reveal two stocks for you. I'll show you the charts that I think are setting up right for a bottom. Doesn't mean I'm buying them yet, but they're setting up right. So I want to watch how they perform, and they're clearly outperforming their peers. And then I'm going to round out with a new stock that's reached our whiteboard, the Armour Report whiteboard. What that means is when the stock hits that whiteboard, it means we start looking for a quantitative entry point. We've done the research. We're going to wrap up. We're going to hit the research hardcore just to make sure we've dotted and crossed. But now it's on the whiteboard, and we're waiting for our quantitative execution to tell us time to put risk on. And when we get that, this stock will go in the portfolio. So I'm going to share that information with you, too. So let's get started. Um. The top seven indexes we follow, for those of you who are new, these are all ETFs. So we have algorithms designed for each ETF, the volatility top day and multi-day each. 
It's the S&P. I'm just rattle off the, the symbols for you. SPY, QQQ, DIA, IWM. Those are the big indexes, right? Small cap, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P. Then we have the momentum index, MTUM, the IBD50, FFTY, and the value index, VLUE. Now, those seven indexes drive our risk decisions. And we've been telling you for, you know, I guess it's a couple months now, we're risk off. What does that mean for an investor? You have to determine how much cash you want to hold. I can't tell you that. But these risk on, risk off signals are telling us on the desk, how much cash do we want to hold? Okay, in a, in a um, conservative account, might be 50% cash. In an aggressive account, maybe only, I don't know, 25% cash, 10% cash, whatever it is. When we say risk off, we're holding that amount of cash. The rest of the portfolio might be longer term in nature, dividend payers, that kind of thing, and we're not trading them in and out. We're holding them and collecting the yield, and we use indexes that we short to hedge off that risk if things get too ugly. So things got real ugly in the last couple of weeks, and we've been short the NASDAQ 100 and the small cap index. And we use ETFs to do it, or we short, depending on the type of account. It's an IRA account. We're buying PSQ, which is the inverse ETF of the NASDAQ 100. So it goes up as the NASDAQ goes down. And we're buying RWM, which is the inverse of the small caps. So as small caps you know, go down, this asset goes up. So we look at our portfolio, we determine how much risk we have out, and how do we want to cut that down when things start to get ugly. Now, I don't share with you guys on um, our website whether or not we're shorting, because I really don't think it's appropriate for an individual to short on their own. It's very difficult to make money short, and I'm doing it from a professional standpoint to hedge risk, not to be outright short. The only time I would get out there and say to you guys, I'm outright short, we have to do it, is if the Fed's aggressively raising rates and reducing liquidity, because that's what leads to real bear markets. What we have now are wicked sell-offs in a market with over $15 trillion in negative interest rates. So where can the market really go on the downside? I don't know. It has these huge sell-offs in a month period. Then the whole thing's over because there's nowhere for the money to go, and there's a lot of liquidity. Forgive me for that drilling, guys. Nothing I could do about it. Okay? So, um, kind of ruins my train of thought sometimes. But what we're – let's just skip over now to what the algorithms are saying today. We're still risk off. We've been risk off from the top. We've come all the way down to the bottom of the channel on all these indexes right down to the 200-day moving averages on all of these indexes or right above it. That's the Dow, the S&P, small caps, right at the bottom of their range, okay? So um, I have not covered my short hedges yet, but I am definitely a cat on a hot tin roof, and I may be doing that by the end of today and just booking those profits. And I'm looking, obviously, for the next risk-on buy signal at this stage, Every time the market comes down to the 200-day and gives us a risk-on buy signal, we're going to take that opportunity because there's a high probability of a rally off of that point. So nothing yet, 
We had the reversal yesterday, big sell-off, and then a reversal rally higher. Today is the follow-through. Next week will be key. I want to see how the market behaves. We may be adding risk. That's why I'm going to share with you a big name that's on our whiteboard today that we'll be putting in the portfolio if we get that risk on signal next week. So generally, when you rush, rush down to the moving average like this, the 200-day, you will get a double touch or a, a test of the low in some fashion. And that's when I like to look to get long. So we hit the 200-day. We're bouncing off of it for two days. A two-day rally is not good enough to get us bullish. That, any, any downtrend can have a two-day rally. So it's a question of what happens next week. Do we come back and test the low, hold it, and then we get a risk-on buy signal? That would be very bullish. Okay, that's the bullish picture. Now let's look at these three chart patterns. And, and this is what really has me concerned. And it makes a very bearish picture, okay? I've already discussed this index. This is one of our seven leading indexes. It's the Innovator IBD50. These are the best mid to small cap. Sometimes the large cap stock shows up in there. That's a nasty head and shoulders pattern that's been breaking down for a while now, leading the stock market. And I've been highlighting this for you guys for weeks if the, if the IBD 50 is breaking down, there's something wrong with the market because this is where money goes when people are feeling confident and adding risk. Okay? So they're not confident and they're reducing risk. And that asset is breaking down below the 200-day moving average in a meaningful way, leading the market. So the big indexes are holding the 200-day, but the leading index is collapsing below it. Will it lead the market lower next week? I don't know. But this is one reason why I refuse to get aggressive just because we have a two-day rally. All right. Now let's look at this index. This is an old favorite, FDN. Another head and shoulders pattern on a very important leading index. Facebook, Amazon, Google, all the big names that have been driving the market higher for a decade. A head and shoulders pattern a break below the 200-day moving average, a negative cross where the 50 is going below the 200-day. That's the black and, and, um, and green lines there over all the way to the right of the chart. That is a very negative picture. So the leadership of the last decade is breaking down in a significant way, leading the market. So will it lead the market below the 200-day? We don't know yet, but that's a major problem. Now, let's wrap it up with this idea here. A lot of guys don't know this, but this is the IPO index. This is a very interesting ETF. It's a very interesting ETF. It, let me explain. This ETF adds any company that comes public after it's been public for three um, uh, months, and then that stock will leave this index after being public two years. So it's all the, the IPOs during that two-year time period. Okay? Why do I care about this? Well, I've been doing this for 30 years, and I'm sharing with you information I've gathered, gathered over that period. Okay? And I can tell you with a fair amount of certainty that when the market is healthy, the IPO market is doing well. 
It's another example of risk on. Guys are willing to take risk. And instead, what we have here is an absolute head and shoulders implosion that looks similar to the, uh, um, the FDN. It looks similar to the FFTY. So all of these leadership sectors are imploding from major head and shoulders tops. How do you get a market that goes to new highs overall when the leadership is imploding? And a lot of guys don't really understand or not aware that the IPO index is a key leading indicator. But you'll find over time, it really helps manage your risk. And when it's imploding like that, it tells you something's wrong with the market. Guys are afraid. Now, of course, we've also had a big blow up with a IPO unicorn WeWork, okay, which is kind of marking the top, perhaps, of um, high profile IPOs and companies in the private sector that have terrible business models, right? Think Uber, think Lyft, right? They've burned too many investors. And now this company can't even come public. And I heard today they're going to slash their workforce like 25%. So it's a complete disaster. These are risk-off signals. Now we combine that with our own seven algorithms telling us we can't put money to work here in a risk way. We can collect dividends and blue-chip stocks, but we're not putting a lot of risk on. Then we have that strange repo market problem where banks won't lend to each other in the overnight market, even with 10% interest rates. And we have the Fed chair telling us there's no problem. We have Jamie Dimon telling us this is normal. It happens. We knew it was going to happen. Okay. I hope they're right. But then again, they told me the exact same thing in 2008. So something's fishy in the market, and I don't like it. Now, if we get a risk on buy signal based on our quantitative analysis next week, I'll put money to work, right? Because my personal opinion doesn't determine market direction. And that's why. We are quantitative execution hounds while we're doing fundamental research. We're the quantamentalist. It helps us take our ego out of the game. I don't have to be right. I just have to make money. This is the biggest problem with most fund managers, brokers, investment advisors. They sell you on an idea. And then they can't backtrack because they think they have to be right. But this isn't about being right. It's about recognizing when you're not right as soon as possible and making money. So I've laid out for you the positives and the negatives. It's possible we're going to get a good quantitative entry point. Fundamentally, it looks ridiculous. So I don't know what's going to happen. And I'll execute based on what the quantitative execution strategy tells me. That's computer learning. It's AI. It can execute based on probabilities and statistics versus my own emotional opinion of what's happening. So if the probabilities are high enough and the reward from this point is great enough for the risk I'm taking, I put money to work. I have stop losses. I could be wrong. I'm not right all the time, right? It's probabilities. 
You get dealt aces in a game of Texas Hold'em. It doesn't mean you're going to make money every time you play it, but you're definitely going to be playing that hand. You see what I'm saying? Because the probability is the highest. That's what we're doing here. Now, the beauty for us is we can go all in on that risk on buy signal, and we don't have to lose it all if the aces fail. We use stops, and we protect our capital. But if we get it right and the probabilities are in our favor, the reward's significant, and we put money to work, even though I can't stand the way the market looks. Okay? So that wraps up that section. We'll see what happens next week. And I'll share with you as soon as possible. Anybody who's an Armor Report um, uh, Action Alert subscriber, you can go to our website to subscribe. It's a free service. If we are risk on, you will get an email at the end of that day. I will put out an email to everybody on that email list that we've just gone risk on, that we have the buy signals. Here's where we're entering the market. Here's where the stop is. So go to RosenthalCapital.com. Fill out the request to be part of the Armor Report Action Alerts. And you'll get that email when it happens. Okay. Don't forget, guys, to help me out. Give me a thumbs up if you like what we're talking about. Right? It really helps me on YouTube. Thank you. Okay, listen. Um, let's skip over to the cannabis couch. Our favorite investment theme. I just wanted to talk about it about what the long-term picture is, because I know there's been a destruction in the space. You all know that, you know, even though I love the investing theme, you know, since June, I've been telling you to get out of these stocks. Okay. And I harp on that all the time because um, I hope you're seeing the value of the armor report and what I'm trying to do here. It's a perfect example of what I was talking about with the indexes next week. I don't know what's going to happen, right? So if you want to understand quantum mental investing, look no further than the information I've been providing to you over the last couple of months. You know I love the investment theme. I think this is generational. I think this is an investing super cycle that'll last three, five, ten plus years. But I've said from the beginning that there could be a 50% correction for no reason at all at the beginning of an investment cycle. Well, this, this, this correction has been 75%. And there have been a bunch of terrible short-term reasons from can trust lying to investors to you know, the vaping issues. And at the beginning of an investment cycle – you have to be careful. You have to use stops. You have to protect your assets because at any moment you can get this type of wipeout. And it doesn't mean the investment theme's wrong. So you have to protect your cash so you can put it to work after the ass kicking that we've seen. So we know all the bad news. What's the good news that's happened? Okay, we know last week that the House of Representatives passed the Safe Banking Act. I didn't get real excited about that. First of all, the Senate has to approve it, which I think will happen. But my biggest concern there is that politicians will think they've done what they had to do to get votes in 2020, and they'll stop moving this along. And quite frankly, the Safe Banking Act doesn't really help us. It's not, it's not an actionable event. 
It doesn't mean canopy is going to take over acreage. Okay, it doesn't fix the ridiculous tax problem here and for U.S. cannabis companies, and it's still Schedule S1. Okay, so the real exciting event will be when we go from Schedule S1 to S3, which my, that's my guess of what happens next. It's not going to be legislation where the government says, okay, we're going to delist it from S1. This is just my opinion, guys. I don't know, right? But I think the easiest path to changing perception is to go from Schedule S1 to S3, which will allow um, medical research of the cannabis plant. And that would be a trigger event of epic proportion. But until then, I saw a couple stories this week that I thought were real interesting. I just wanted to highlight them. International Flavors and Fragrances is getting into the CBD space. Why is that important? Well, you all know I like Charlotte's Web. And I keep telling you that's just a basic CPG company, consumer packaged goods company. And what we're going to see first in the cannabis space is investment from large CPG companies into the hemp-derived CBD space. And we saw it this week, another example of it this week, with international flavors and fragrances. It's just the beginning of a flow of capital into this space. I don't care if Charlotte's Web gets taken over or not. I mean, I'm not... That's not why I own the stock. But as you get that kind of investment in the space, valuations start to go up. And when this hysteria around all these negative stories about uh, um, the cannabis stocks, you know, tamps down, we're going to start to see the leaders show up. And one of the last stocks to collapse was Charlotte's Web. But it's come down, made a double bottom trying to hold around the 15 to 16, well, 15 to $18 area. Okay. But that's not one of the two stocks I want to talk about today. You already know I've talked about that before, but I like, I like the international flavors and fragrances story. I like the story also that if you guys saw this just the other day, um, can it be growth invested in a company called, um, Flew off, off the top of my head. Is it BioSteel? Jeez, I just forgot. But basically, it's a supplement company, right? Powders in the sports beverage world. Canopy Growth is executing on its strategy, guys. There's going to be a resurrection there. I'm not buying the stock. But they're executing on their strategy. That story's not over. They're still gathering the right assets. They have tons of cash. And in December, they're going to start selling edibles in Canada. Let me tell you something. I saw a whole discussion on Twitter that I just absolutely loved. Everybody was, not everybody, a lot of people were down on Molson Canada, right? Molson Canadian. Their weed beverage looks like beer, right? It's too expensive, not going to sell. That's the kind of stuff I want to hear. Six months ago, everybody on, 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 on Twitter and stock twits talked about how great edibles were going to be. And oh my God, this is going to blah, blah, blah. Right? That was terrible. Now, very low expectations. 
very low expectations. Guys don't like the pricing. Guys think it's not going to sell. Who wants to drink that? That's what I want to hear because that creates the opportunity for upside surprises. All right, take a look at these two charts. You've got to agree these two charts are setting up bottoms. Here's one of my old-time favorites. It's the U.S. MSO Trulieve. The CEO has been buying up stock right in this double bottom area. Kim Rivers. Okay. She bought 31,000 shares. It's not the biggest investment, but don't forget, she already owns about 66% of this company. So she's just trying to tell you she likes what's going on in this company. She's buying more shares down here. And some of her directors between all of them combined in the month of September bought, I think the number was, yeah, 1 million, um, almost 1.1 million shares of stock in the month of September. So insiders in the month of September, when all of this negative news was out and the stock was getting crushed, bought almost 1.1 million shares. It's not a huge dollar amount but it tells you the confidence they've got in the business model right down here at the lows. And I think it, it's worth noting, and this is a shout out to you, DJ. That green thumb chart looks good. Okay, I'm with you. I like the business model of this company. I like the double bottom. It looks just like Leave. They're trying to break the downtrend. This stock has been very quiet while a bunch of other stocks have been destroyed. So those are two examples of U.S. MSOs that have set up double bottoms, set up higher lows, broken downtrends. Now, they're almost alone in the space. I mean, every other stock has been annihilated. And these stocks have been annihilated too. They're just setting up bottoms. The other ones are just crushing through bottoms. So Running out there and buying them? No, I'm not doing that. But they're at the top of my whiteboard, right? Whenever we finally get that opportunity where it looks like the massive selling and implosion is over, I'm going to look to the stocks that have the best chart patterns, that perform the best, that outperform their peers, that were the last to go down because they're going to be the first to go up. And those two charts are at the top of my list along with Charlotte's Web. All right, so let's wrap up real quick. I wanted to share with you a, a new idea that's been added to the Armor Report whiteboard. Now, what does this mean when I say added to a whiteboard? It, it simply means that um, the next time we get a risk on signal, see, when we're risk off, I don't stop working. The quantum mentalist is about quantitative execution, but a fundamental foundation. So we keep working and doing the research on companies and investment themes to make sure we know where to put capital when the risk on opportunity presents. Okay, this is a textbook example of what I try to do with, with a stock or an investment theme. So here's the chart of Disney. This is a weekly chart of Disney. You can go back to 2015. You get a five, uh, what is that, a four-year, okay, a four-year, I'm looking at a chart, yeah, about a four-year consolidation in Disney. Then we have this big breakout on the news 
So you can see that breakout of consolidation on the news that Disney is going to be um, you know, releasing its own Netflix type of product at a low price point with huge amounts of value. Okay? And the stock blows out. Now, I, I don't buy the blowout. I never buy the blowout. That blowout suggests to me I've got to do my research, make sure I want to own this name. Let it blow out. And then what I like to do is first pullback, the first meaningful pullback to the 50 or the 200-day moving average, depending. Okay? So this is a pullback to the 200-day moving average on Disney, right on top of that base. Disney has a premium product, and they're releasing it at a, at a, at a price point below all the others, below HBO, Showtime, Netflix. But anybody with a child in the house knows that you have to subscribe to the Disney uh, a streaming service. You have to. You're going to get all the Disney movies? Do you know how much it costs to buy a single Disney, Disney movie? Parents, you know. You know what it costs. It's ridiculous. I can get the streaming service and get all this content? Not to mention shows from NBC that I love that they're taking away from Netflix? I mean, let's be honest. You could probably short Netflix and go long Disney, but I'm not, not recommending that. Um, shorting is not for the faint of heart. Okay? So I love the business model of Disney. I love the breakout of Disney. All I was doing was waiting, waiting, waiting for the pullback. This most recent market sell-off has driven that stock right down to the 200-day, along with the rest of the S&P. So if we get a risk-on buy signal on the whole market here, that's a stock at the top of my whiteboard that I'll be looking at for an entry point. I can't tell you what to buy. I don't know you. I'm not telling you to run out there and do anything in any of these stocks I've talked about today. Okay? I hope compliance is happy with that comment. And it's true. I don't know you. So what I try to do on this show is share information off my trading desk that I'm using for my own personal capital for you to do your own research on. And I'm just saying the excitement over that Disney announcement that blew the stock out of a four-year base was real. That's institutional money coming to work. So when the market gets hit like this and they bring that name down right to the 200-day, boom, it goes on the whiteboard and I start looking for an entry point. I might not get it. The whole market could implode. I won't buy the stock. But it's on the whiteboard. So I hope this has been helpful, guys. Thank you for sharing your time with me. It always helps me, orders my own thinking. I hope you have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you again on Monday. Take care, guys.